So, you're stood there as this huge creature rises up out of the ground, dripping soil and grass from it. This huge, armoured, six-limbed, almost arachnid-like creature with a lashing, armoured tail behind it. As it rises out of the ground, it lets out a mighty roar that seems to shake the trees in the area around. You look up at it, this huge thing, but dark black grey, gunmetal black, against the pristine whiteness of the snow. Broken trees shredded by its appearance, like cracked and broken on the snow. I'm going to ask at this point, can all of you who are controlling henchmen, can you please make me a a morale check for your henchmen? Is that on the sheet? Yeah, it's the um, it's the loyalty rating. It's basically a two d six roll, and you need to get equal to or less than their loyalty rating, which should be eight for all of them, I believe. I don't think there's a button to press on the couch. Sheet. No, there's not a button. You just have to roll two d six. Is this per henchman or per yeah per PC? henchman? That's one, two. Basically, let me know if any of them fail and which ones fail. Okay. So that's in order. And um, the morale value is eight. Eight. Okay. Every we uh, roll below, I presume. Yeah, equal to or below. Okay. Oh, so, the failed. <clears throat> Yeah, I all of mine succeeded. Yeah, my my goal was alright. Okay, so as this thing rises up out of the ground and lets vent this horrendous roar, it is too much for Clement McCalla, one of your highlings, who literally like dropping his shield, just turns around and full ball runs off into the distance. Not like an orderly withdrawal or not actively trying to throw this thing off he just runs for his life he is done so you guys as you see this thing rising up huge armoured sharps and scythe like limbs six of them two of them lifting up into the air soil dripping off them you see this huge crater that this creature is obviously lying in obviously you guys having explored its interior previously you see its head turning around and you can see the fanged maw, the the huge ivory-like fangs that you previously thought were stalagmites and stalactites when you were inside it, so dripping this vile ichor from them that splatters onto the snow. It turns its head around, perhaps scenting the air, although it has nothing that resembles human or animal eyes, its head being a smooth, gunmetal, armoured plate. You look up at it. What do you do? I mean, it's it. It obviously is notices us there. It as it it hasn't come up and sort of. It's still in a, a sense of dazed. It, it is difficult to tell because of its like alien-like face. Yeah, yeah. But 
it seems to be basically still sort of like finishing pulling itself out of the ground and rising up and letting out these horrendous sort of almost alien sounding roars yeah well I, well I will suggest to the rest of the group to you know find cover and get out of, out of sight of it if we can can we see anything that would resemble some sort of cover that we can hide behind? okay you're in the cool hills there are gently rolling hills around you covered in snow there are pine trees like thin pine trees scattered around there are quite a few logs and broken bits of tree lying around that this thing's flung out as it rose out of the ground but obviously this thing's like quite huge yep so like hiding mine like a, a sort of shallow hill isn't really going to hide you the only advantage you guys have is you're pretty small it's pretty big however in the sort of whiteness of the snow you do stand out a fair bit so just leave then <laughs> just... I have heard that the Santa strongholds are good at noise at this time of year yeah well I mean we're, we're going that we're going there anyway but it was just do we like try and spread out a bit in the hope that it adds a bit of extra confusion to it and or just stick I think together? we just leg it now and see if it follows and then if it follows we can scatter it away and try and lose it but let's just belt it to the west okay so this is effectively a pursuit slash evasion like we did before now it's bigger so it moves quicker than you however it's easier for you to like lose yourself amongst the scenery because you're a a sort of smaller size than it so you've got a base as a party you've got a base 50 percent chance of managing to evade it it's down to you who you want to roll that it's a straight d6 roll four five or six you've managed to evade it i would suggest our glorious leader malcolm declan harp (laughs) (laughs) how come i'm a leader when we're fighting against a massive spider (laughs) He's got a promotion right. at the same time. <laughs> cometh the hour, cometh the man. Oh, or, or not so much. Um. So, just just to get a sense of it, when you say massive, obviously it's it, this thing's gigantic. But what are we talking? Fifty foot high? Or, well, we're or? talking about the size of a house. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've not managed to evade it. So now it. It's seen you, so as you're fleeing, the way fleeing works is you move in a random direction. We're not going to do it in rounds. We're just going to say that over the course of the day, this is where you've ended up as you've been trying to hide and you're trying to run from it. So, Darren, can you please roll me a d6 to see what like direction you've ended up going in? Because obviously you can't just run in a straight line. You're having to try and avoid it and dodge around trees and the terrain. A five. Okay, that's pretty good actually to be fair considering where you guys wanted to go so basically over the course of the day you guys have ended up here okay that's pretty good now it is pursuing you because it's spotted you so i'm going to make a roll for it and it again it has like a base like 50 percent chance of catching you so it's on a four five or six it's managed to catch you up Okay, it has not managed to catch you up, so 
I'm going to, so over the course of the day, you have managed to successfully lose it. I'm going to make a roll to see roughly where it ends up. So it's sort of gone pretty much in the same direction as you guys. However, I'm going to say that it's gone like a bit further south. Now, it's moving faster than you, as I said, because it's it doesn't really care about the terrain. It's just like either moving over or through whatever's there. So over the course of the day, as you're sort of hiding, you hear the sounds of it sort of crashing into the mountains and moving its way through the mountains. You hear rock falls, small avalanches. In the distance, you still hear the cries of the creature as it moves. You, At one point, as you glimpse through the hills, you see the still sort of slightly battered and crumbling remains of Fort Kersey now empty of its original inhabitants following the siege you evacuated everybody perhaps now occupied by the shadow elf creatures you don't know but in the distance you see this creature sort of like moving southwards past Fort Kersey and then you lose sight of it and it disappears into the forest to the south of the Grey Heights would we have any idea if it's got sight of Fort Eastbourne? Do you think? Would it be sort of heading in that direction? It, it, it's generally heading south, so it's pretty... Okay. It, I mean, it could reach Fort Eastbourne in a day, yeah, and it's pretty much. safe to assume that it's going to see it hmm. as it sort of moves south, because it's like it's a big fort. You know, Whether it'll go yeah. towards it, you don't know. Well, that'd be interesting. But for the moment you guys are safe this thing's far to the southeast of you after after a day has passed and just to let you guys know if you click on the area where you can get access to the characters you should see there is a death clock in there which I'm going to knock oh which calculate your remaining time and I'm going to knock a day off it you've spent one day evading it. Yeah, it, it also probably plays a bunch of good music. Oh, indeed. Yeah, definitely. It's got the countdown theme. That's it, final countdown. Okay, so you guys are, are a bit to the southeast of the center stronghold, but for the, well, the site of it, but for the moment, you have evaded this giant alien arachnid creature, whatever it might be. What do you want to do? Is it like the morning of the next day, or is it like just... Like yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the morning of the next day. Okay. You, you've basically, like, at the end of the pre... Obviously, you've you've all got to use a ration, but at the end of the, the previous night, you sort of made camp, and you were sort of satisfied that you've managed to give it the slip. So you made camp, slept for the night, ate your food, because you've obviously been running, like, for most of the day. So you had to rest, pretty much. You ate your food, made camp, you wake up early next morning... You, you've lost sight of the creature. It's disappeared into the forests in the south. Occasionally you hear like that... of like a tree falling in the distance, but it's very sort of faint. Because obviously this thing's okay. like mashing its way through the forest. So I guess we're going north? Yeah, I think we've got to continue with our current mission, but I mean, that's obviously a, a situation that can't go unchecked forever but yeah. we're not in that position at the moment are we? No, we maybe are... Fort Eastbourne will take care of us yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah leave it to the forts 
<laughs> Are you sure you really want Lord Brannan taking care of it? We have other fish to fry. Maybe, maybe ideally, it takes care of Lord Brennan. Yeah. That, that is also a possibility. <laughs> that's all across like, my mind. It's not like he has any sort of special rapport with this creature, so yeah, that's certainly a possibility. It could just mash its way into Fort Eastburn and just roll over it. Or we come back and it's his pet. I mean, you, you, you guys have seen this thing moving and like how armored it is and how sharp these like scythe-like legs it's got these like claws that it's like and you're like a fort made out of wood if it just mashes into it the building's not going to stand a chance hmm. okay so where do you want you guys want to travel on the next morning uh, up to this stronghold okay so first of all whoever's leading the way roll a d6 or a d12 in your case see if you get lost you do indeed. Oh, I am on fire today. Okay, <clears throat> roll, roll me a d6. Sorry, we have plenty of time. Yeah. I was thinking if we could hire a blind man from the next, <laughs> next fort we encounter or something. Get better luck. Okay, so oh. you guys actually end up at the, so at the end of the day when you realise yeah we've we've got turned around you actually end up there so that's another day gone so you obviously need to take a ration I'll take another day off the clock so yeah so at the, at the end of the day you can walk through the weather's getting progressively worse snow is falling obviously you're all a bit tired a bit bedraggled from fleeing from this creature and pretty much running for an entire day so it's not surprising that you've got a little bit turned around. However, you realise as you sort of like, as you move through that forested area, you can see the the sort of what looks to be some sort of building just over the trees in the distance. That's when you're like, oh yeah, we've gone we've gone too far south. But obviously, it has used another day of your your precious time. Yeah, we'll put that down to the disease. We'll give you a well. Yeah, there is the fact as well that, that like. One. There is the fact as well that like you're trying to navigate and you're slowly like dying of an enchanted disease, which doesn't help. I'll be perfectly honest. If you went about to die, we'd kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I'm in charge, apparently. Oh, that's, um, that's true. sorry, sir. Right, okay, so if you, if you want to head to the center stronghold on the next day, make us another D12 roll. I think that's the only direction we have currently. So. Yes. Okay, so you are fine. So heading through a forest, which counts as like difficult terrain. So as it gets to the end of the next day, so again, like you need to use another ration. As it gets to the end of the next day, you reach this Senna stronghold. I'll just take another day off the clock. There we go. Okay, so as you start getting into this area, it's a it's a heavily wooded area with all of these sort of pines dotted around and you can see what appears to be a there appear to be like several like really like human most of them are just normal pines but there's like a few that are like absolutely massive sort of dotted around and you can see what appears to be a a small sort of like wooden building in like a little clearing at the center and i'm just going to drop all of the various 
tokens onto the map. So you'll be approaching from the south. Was it Weimar that learned of this location? Did you get any more information? I can't remember. We found a map, did we, with three locations on it? Yep. And that's all we do. But all we found we didn't have any map. sort of further information about any of the sites or anything, did we, really? Just the locations, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, we know the location and sort of generally what the thing was back in the day, I guess. Right. So we knew it was a sort of stronghold in this case. Yeah, stronghold of a particular kind of Senna, I guess, based on what the stronghold was. And we know that it's a, it's a giant, uh, presumably magical tree, mm. or was back then. But there was rumours of it having healing or some sort of something, that, wasn't there? I think we might have. That might have been optimism on our part. It might have been. And also, there's that fact that if this, if there's different factions of Senna, like we kind of know that there are, if these guys are all about trees, higher chances than, you know, the, the cursed undead hell fortress <laughs> somewhere else uh, to find something to fix this. Okay, so. And you might want to think about less use of that sword when we're around all these. <laughs> Of trees and between the um, mm, you might be on something at least with the with the fire mm. anyway okay so I've dropped you all onto the map you can see that one thing does strike you as odd as you move into this wooded area obviously the the trees etc very much as you would expect to see elsewhere you know pines and stuff like that however you notice that although there is snow on the ground here it doesn't appear to be as like thick on the ground and the weather appears like the temperature feels a lot more sort of clement here i mean it's still cold it's still winter but it, it almost feels like a cold sort of like autumn day rather than like the depths of the balconan winter as you enter this area and as you peer through the trees sort of up ahead of you you can see what appears to be a large wooden building have i got any knowledge of this sort of area in general john from many d6 role previous excursions or rumors okay so you remember vaguely hearing that when the when the sort of Senna like conjured the Great Ice Age, that there were that not everyone amongst the Senna, these ancient mages of Valconan, sort of agreed with that plan, and like some of them sort of split off into like little splinter factions trying to do their own thing. And if you remember what you heard correctly, like this was one of those. This was like the stronghold of one of those sort of. Splinter factions. Although it, a lot of this is also like couched in like legend and very vague, yep. because obviously your tribe really don't want to encourage people to go like poking around in any sort of magic or anything like that. Oh no, no. I'll bear it in mind. So, so we all know that's bad news. Okay, so it's over to you guys. 
and see what you can see. Do you want to go hard and fast or do you want to go slow and quiet? Um, we don't want to make ourselves out as a threat if there is any potential friendly here, I guess. So I would say because we're fairly good to um, good to go and maybe take a couple of licks. How's about me and Bullseye go go take a look? No weapons out. Try and see what the situation is, and if there's someone here, maybe talk. Um, how, how's that sound? So the rest of us take cover in the trees to sort of show there's less numbers or... We're, obviously we're not in combat rounds at the minute, so you, obviously within sensible reasons you're pretty free to move yourselves. Yeah. So, like, yeah, maybe if you stand back a bit. Well, do you think we should sort of hide or do you think we should just stand open? I think, I think probably stand, who we just are. stand back a bit. Okay, if we're so. going to the door, probably we don't want to have someone in hiding. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll pretty much stay here then, shall we? And yeah. Just okay. keep an eye on. So we'll pass that, and then bullseye is this. So we're gonna. We're gonna okay, stop it. there. Yeah. So as you are heading past this tree here as you head past it you hear like a sound like a creaking and I suppose like snapping of wood and as you as you sort of listen you see a, a previously unnoticed sort of roughly humanoid figure but seemingly made entirely out of wood like almost like peels itself away like bark from the tree it has a, a very blank sort of almost looks very like crudely sculpted and it begins slowly at first but then sort of gaining speed as though it's sort of suppling up the more it moves it it starts like stomping towards you with this like of wood creaking as it moves mm -hmm. and you can see like an indent as you look past it you can see an indentation in the tree, which it obviously sort of like fit into. And so I'll stomp in towards you. I'll, I'll raise a hand and say, "Hello, we are travel tra travelers looking for a, a respite." Five damage. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, as you're like, we are travellers looking respite, it basically just goes and like smacks you in the face with a wooden fist for five hit points of damage. As this huge sort of like gnarled wooden fist just like impacts with the side of your face. Friendly folk. Obviously we're effectively in combat rounds but we're just sort of keeping the order we're going in so obviously players you can now go. I'm just going to run through the, the list as I've got it here. So we've got Abiel Moffat first, which is commanded by uh, Brock, your uh, henchman. So is, is Abiel doing anything or are you hanging back? Um, 
I'm a Obviously, bit you can all see this going on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit concerned that there's potentially more of these. Well, I'll call them tree folk for now. Um, so I'm gonna. Me and uh, yeah, the henchman guy. We're gonna sort of look at these other trees that are close to us and try and assess if there's any danger of any more of these joining the uh, this sort of combat situation. Okay, roll me a d6. A one. Grant. Okay, so as you're sort of looking around on this tree up here that I've just pinged, mm -hmm. which appears to be like one of the really large trees, you can see that almost like carved into the the sort of trunk is what almost looks like the outline of a door and there are these like flowing sort of runic script carved into the door and then next to it sort of like slow so slight you almost don't notice it there appears to be like a human figure with its head down sort of carved just to the left of the door in the trunk okay yeah so i'll i'll obviously point out to the guys nearby but um obviously that won't help why more at the moment but okay so d does anyone looking towards this tree speak elvish uh, i do yes okay so as you look at this flowing script you realize it's an archaic version of the elvish tongue and it says i run smoother than almost any rhyme i love to fall but i cannot climb Some sort of river riddle or something. And as sort of like Malcolm's like reading that and pondering it, you catch like a faint sound of like slightly like high pitch sort of like voices just off to the west. So coming, you can't really make out what they're saying, but they appear to be coming from like this sort of direction. They don't appear, the voices don't appear to be getting closer to you or anything like that. Okay, so what's Bjorn doing? Why am I? Bjorn is here. <clears throat> One, two, three, four, five, six. He's going to approach. Okay, so he starts moving up. He's got his. Yeah. His hand axe and his wooden shield out. Okay, so now it's on to obviously we've we've got Brock next. Um, so I'm not counting you, just like looking at the trees. It's like because obviously that that was technically like Abi all doing it, but okay. And we're we're obviously all aware of this this creature that's attached here. Yeah, you've probably heard the loud exclamation from Weimar and like the loud smack yeah, if you weren't cool. aware of it before. And... Yep. All right. Um. Well, I'm going to head over and uh, launch my spear at it since it's engaged us. Okay. Uh, so I shall throw my spear in his direction. Oh, I've got to do minus two and I. Minus two. I 
15 though. Okay, that hits it. Your spear literally like sticks into it. You're not really sure how much damage it's done because it just appears to be made of wood. Like your spear sinks into it like a good yeah. couple of inches and it's still sticking out of it, but the creature doesn't give any sign of pain or any sort of reaction. But no bits of it. No, no bits of it fly off. Just, your spear's just gone like it. and stuck in it. Okay. Okay, so what's Bullseye up to? Brock. Chopping. Sorry, not Brock Weimar. Bullseye is gonna get with the hand axe. So. Nope. Yep, so Bullseye swings his hand axe, sort of like shouting his Ice Walker battle cry, swings his hand axe at this creature. However, the like toughened bark like skin turns aside the blow of his axe and it scrapes down so maybe shaving off a few thin slivers of bark but nothing to cause any damage okay what about Hannibal Purdy who's down at the back here why not so gonna follow uh, one two three four five six following Garn okay no up. problems so next it's Malcolm. Um I think what I want to do is approach to about here. Okay, so um, now now you're there, you can definitely hear from this direction the sort of like Murmuring like high pitched voices, like, okay, they don't seem to be getting closer and they don't sound like they're raised in alarm, like, oh my god, we've been attacked. They just sound like maybe a couple of people having like some sort of conversation, but the voices have got like a very weird, sort of like high pitched, sort of odd twang to them, okay. Um. Can I call out, is there anyone there in Elvish? In their general direction. Yep, yeah, you, you call out. Are you just literally saying, is there someone there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you call that out, and then you hear these these two average voices like, <coughs> and you hear this rustling of foliage as whoever it is, like, vanishes into, like, some bushes. Okay. Okay. And tell me what the the message on the tree near the door, the script says. Okay, no problems. As soon as the note comes up, I will do so. It says, I run smoother than almost any rhyme. I love to fall, but I cannot climb. Smoother than almost any rhyme. I love to fall, cannot climb. Um, 
So on the assumption that it's some sort of riddle, what I want to try and do is start calling out answers in Elvish. And okay. um, what do you shout out? Uh, so River is the first one I have. Okay, you shout out River. Nothing overtly happens. Okay. Uh, water. Again, oh. you, you shout it out. Nothing seems to occur. Uh, waterfall. Again, nothing, nothing overtly happens. Okay. And then we're going to move on to Weimar. They're not gonna. We know nothing about these people, so. That's true. It's, uh. So. I think, given that. I'm gonna take out my hand axe as well. Okay, yeah, you pull out your hand axe. Make your attack roll if you're attacking it. Yeah. There we go. Okay, you attack it, you hit it, however your axe appears to do no damage to it. I'm gonna withdraw my previous statement about the fire sword. <laughs> I, I love thinking like Brock being like, you know what I said about not using the sword? Um Maybe we could like workshop this and reconsider. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll turn away. I won't look if you're going to use any magic-y sword stuff. Okay, so we're back to the the wood creature. So I'm just going to make a random roll to see whether it goes for. Cause it's just flailing around. See if it goes for bullseye or why not? Oh, it's bullseye. So, Bullseye has taken two hit points of damage, which I'll just jot down. So, again, the creature flails out and catches him with a backhander of one of these huge, like, wooden hands. Sort of, like, throwing him onto one side like he lands on the floor. He tries to bring his wooden shield up, and you see the shield get smashed back into his body, and he's bodily lifted off the ground and lands on his side. Okay, so we're on to Abiel Moffat. Brock, what's Abiel doing? He's like looking around at the back here. Uh, yeah, he's going to move move up to assist, if possible. What's his movement? Uh, 60, is it? It is 20. Each square's 5 foot. What's the MV on the character sheet stand for? Oh, that that's that's his um, that's his per turn movement. Right. If you look where it says movement details, about halfway down on the right, it says ENC twenty, which is like the encounter movement. Oh, rate. right. Sorry. That's all good, man. I always miss that. Okay. Yeah. I'll, he's just moving up. 
Okay. Um, he's not going to be able to get there. So we've got Bjorn next. Why am I? What's Bjorn doing? Uh, I don't know. Probably not a lot. But Jarn is going to pitch in with the hand yeah, axe. He comes steaming in with his shield and his hand axe. Is there any visible weak points or anything? Not that you can see. It appears to be made of solid wood. He definitely hits it. However, his hand axe seems to do no damage to it. Okay, so next we're on to Brock. Uh, oh I am... Um, I'm going to light up a torch at this point. Okay. As I'm seeing uh, these weapons and stuff seem to be ineffective, I'm going to uh, yeah light up a torch. Okay, that's not a problem. I don't know how much time that takes up. Well, that that'd be like your action, but you can still move if you wanted to. Okay, well I'll get a bit closer, but I won't actually sort of engage it. Absolutely fine. Okay, so Bullseye picking himself up off the ground. What's he doing? Why not? He, mut he mutters like a curse in the Ice Walker tongue, which you you know, Brock, is like basically a torrent of swear words as he like picks himself up. And you can see by the way he's sort of like moving his shield that obviously his arm is like severely bruised, it's been slammed into his body. But he, he picks himself up. He's gonna. And uh, he's gonna go ahead and try a bow. Okay, go for it. Is I forget. It's been a while since we've shot into melee. Huh? No, normally, it would be randomised. However, because this thing, although it's not wide, it's quite tall, it wouldn't be difficult to like shoot this over the heads of other people in the combat. Yeah. Gonna try with the bow. There we go. That did not roll at all on my screen, but <laughs> okay. So the arrow whizzes straight and true. It flies over your heads, sticks in this creature. Doesn't really appear to have done anything to it though. And it's literally like probably like a headshot. So it's now got like an arrow sticking out of its head. And you're like, oh, if that had been like a human, that'd be done. Yeah. Yeah, or, or at least there would be a flinch. Yeah, whereas this thing doesn't even seem to notice it. It's just like turning its head as it's flailing around, and this arrow just goes dung, and it just carries on like moving. In the same sort of slow sort of pace that it's doing, it's like. Okay, so. Let's see, we've done Bullseye, so it's, it's Hannibal Purdy now. Why not? Okay, so uh, Purdy is going to go there and... I'll hand the torch to anyone that wants to take it. Okay, Purdy's going to take the torch. Yeah, done. In instead of going to um, sort of safeguard Bullseye, as Bullseye's doing the, the bow thing, Hannibal's going to step in and try and, you know... Go for it. Put the torch to it. So uh, that's that'd be like a D20, I guess? Yeah, D20. For... Uh, it's a hit, roll a d6. Five. 
Okay, now this does actually seem to damage the creature. And it seems to sort of like reel back a little bit as the the sort of torch is thrust into it. And you see sort of like a few smaller bits of it sort of like burn and drop away, like crisping like dead leaves as they fall to the ground. And it sort of like stumbles back in like the sort of Frankenstein's monster, like universal horror film style. Like, although its face remains an implacable wooden mask. So I like thinking that scene, like Hannibal runs forward, so uh, relay race style, like grabs the torch that Brock's holding out and just swings it into this thing and bits of it catch on fire as it's like, doesn't make a sound, but it's just like staggering backwards. For a few moments, you think it's screaming and then you realise what you're actually hearing is like sap that's inside it that's sort of like burning and like giving that thin like sound okay hop um so i just want to move in closer to try and help out okay so i'll just move to there can i trade my action for more movement yeah if you don't want to take an action you can do another movement okay so i'll just go there then okay right one more it's time <laughs> Axe goes away. Sword. You draw it out and there's the like <laughs> of like morning daylight. Dog shining out. Inexplicably from behind me. And <laughs> let's see if this works. So we're gonna let's Oh, okay. What's this then? Okay, my, my macro thing didn't work, so I'm gonna go this way then. Okay, 15 or more. Wow, nice. Yeah. Okay, so would you like to describe how you dispatch this wooden behemoth? So it is indeed a case of like just putting the hand axe goes into the sort of like leather loop on, on the belt and in the same like back motion the hand comes up, sun glittering on the blade as it cleaves through uh, a hefty chunk of the trunk, as they say. Uh, and uh, as it's a fairly large one, uh, I suppose it'll, because it, it's not really, it's the sword, the, the force doesn't really transfer, so it's like gutted if it was a person yeah. and is pitching forward, and then Weimar's. <laughs> off to the side as yeah. the thing collapses. It, it pitches forward, it, it hits the ground in several pieces, and now it's sort of broken apart. You can indeed see that it appears to be like carved out of like a solid piece of wood. Almost like a statue, like there's no moving parts or anything like that in it. So like really it shouldn't be able to move. But And is the uh indent in the tree still there, or yep. is it sort of refilled? Yeah, it's like, you know, sometimes you see a tree and there's like a little sort of knot and like a little depression in the trees. It's like that. And obviously this this wooden creature was almost like folded into it. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to take this opportunity to um, give each of the, the high lens a torch and light them up. 
Okay. So that we got a bit of sort of defence in case there's any more encounters with this. And indeed, as you think that, you hear from the left and the right of you the sound of creaking as two more of these creatures detach themselves from a couple of the larger trees. Got four of them. I'll mark them off my sheet. Now we're not technically in combat round yet because they're still like <coughs> coming out of the trees. So you guys have effectively got like a round before they get to do anything. So what would you like to do? Well, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm just getting my torches out of my backpack and just sort of lighting them on the one that's already lit and giving them yeah. out to each of the highlands. Not a problem. I will give Weimar the ring, which isn't working for me, but which we believe will work for Weimar. Yes, it passes you like the this what you assume is a ring of regeneration. Um, and then I will suggest to Weimar that we swarm the one on the right, because there are other people or creatures away to the left um, that are startled by us. And obviously, in front of you as well, obviously, you can see the, the what appears to be a wooden door to the building, sort of like about there-ish. How tall is the building? The building, it's a, it's a single-storey building. Single-storey. And what's the roof look like? The, the roof appears to be almost like, you know, like, um, not Watton Dub, you know, like when they, like, they thatch a roof. It, it's like a thatched roof, but it's been done with like coniferous plants and stuff like that, rather than okay. Okay. Um. Okay. So, anyone want to do anything else before these creatures start moving? Maybe we want. Do we want to move towards them, or do we want to chance the door? You'll get stuck between two of them. It's just. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Like, if there's someone inside who's gonna throw yeah. down, bad times. Okay, so I will uh, move to the right and see if anyone comes with me. <laughs> yeah, because you haven't got a highland. I'm gonna send. Uh... I don't think you can quite get that far. So he's. He's going to go that way with his torch. I'll tell him to support Hart. Okay. Malcolm. And then I guess you'd have to leave the charge the other way, wouldn't you, Weimar? With the sword, I mean. Unless we all go that way. Deal with them one at a time. Maybe we should all go that way and deal with them one at a time. Yeah, definitely, because we're... We're kind of tattered as a group. Okay, mm. well, feel, feel free to move your characters and your various oh, hirelings. I'll oh, head that way as well, then. Okay, let me... I guess we can move a bit further, because we're sort of double moving, potentially, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, because we're not attacking yet. Okay, yeah, sorry. So I'll follow up. 
Okay, yep, so you've got to start jogging, like peeling to the right around this building. The creature, rather like the previous one, so it makes a beeline for the nearest people. And I'm going to make a quick roll to see who he swings at as he gets in. Now you have attracted his attention to me. Yeah, if, if you wish. Yeah. How, how, how do you go about attracting his attention? What do you do? Um... I guess he's not susceptible to noise, so I guess I'm... He doesn't seem to have ears that you can see. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to do, I'm kind of waving my sword and shield in his general direction. Just yeah. trying to really kind of draw his eye line to me. Um, yeah, that'll do it. So I'll make an attack roll for him against you. Is Quintin actually with us down there? No, no, because I'll see him. Dave can't make this game, I'll remove that. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so you've been hit for eight points of damage as this wooden fist lashes out in your direction and impacts squarely with your chest. Okay, we go on to your guys' turn. So what's Abel doing, Brock? Uh, he's going to swing his his new, new weapon, his torch. Okay, go for it. This guy... Um... Uh, and whilst um, whilst Brock's doing that, Malcolm, can you roll me a d6, please? So I just use the hand axe, sort of roller. Just roll a d20, and then if you yeah, just do roll a d6. Okay. Yeah. Three jump. Okay. So as this is going on, you're sort of like glancing around, obviously looking to try to take advantage of what's going on. You spot that the the tree over here that the the wooden man came from likewise has the outline of a door carved into it and has the same text in okay. Elven carved on it. Exactly the same thing. Okay. Yeah, so Abiel comes steaming in, gets a bit too enthusiastic, goes to swing his torch, but he like slides on a patch of snow and he has to like throw himself backwards to like gain his balance so he doesn't manage to land a blow on the creature. Okay, why not? What about Bjorn? So, did we have... Uh, sorry, I, I kind of blanked out on uh, Brock. You were handing out torches still? Yeah, so I gave out four torches, yeah. one to each hyaline, basically. Right. Yeah. So, Bjorn yeah. um, is going to continue with that, so... Okay. It's going to... Bjorn steams in. Yep. Um, reorganizing my... Four character sheets because they are over my roller. Okay, here we go. Sixteen. Oh, that's not the correct dice. Here we go. Not same result. Okay, no problem. So again, a flaming torch impacts with this one of these creatures, and again it starts to sort of stagger back as bits of its bark smolder and begin to burn and like peel off it, blackening as it lands with a hiss in the cold snow around its wooden feet. And then we move on to Brock. Um, I am giving moral support at the moment. Um, I'm just trying to watch our backs, really, and make sure this other one doesn't get 
you know, too close, or if any other reappear, I'm just making sure that we don't get surprised by anything. Absolutely fine. So we move on to Bullseye, who is he's, he's next to you, Weimar, he's limping a bit, because obviously he got flung around like a rag doll. What do you want Bullseye to do, Weimar? So that was Weimar? It's um it's Bullseye. Bullseye, kind of, no, sorry, sorry. I'm lost in my, my sheets here. Sorry, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> so Bullseye You know, Bullseye is is not a fool and has lived long because of that fact. So Bullseye is gonna put away the, the bow uh, and is readying himself here to pull away either Hannibal or Bjorn if they get tagged real bad by the... Basically, he, he's not going to step in because he's hurting all, all, already, but he's, okay. he's there to basically do like medic duty, like pick up the guy who's falling down. Yep, no problem. So we go on to Hannibal Purdy. And Hannibal is going to continue the assault. Okay. So, so yeah, so they're all waded in with the torches. Okay, Hannibal... Dang. Climbs up the tree and tags it in the face, I guess. Roll a d6. <laughs> Two. Okay, so yeah, he, like you say, he sort of like climbs up in tree and almost like leaps onto the top of this thing and he pretty much jams the torch in its face so it's like flailing around going like that with him on its back, like batting him away. It's like, ah! Yep. So yes, you can see now like huge chunks of wood, burnt and blistered wood have fallen off its face and it's like staggering around sort of blindly trying to like half pull this guy around still flailing out with one hand in these sort of slow wooden motions Malcolm okay so I want to lay into this guy with my uh, sword okay um, Uh, 15 for 3. Okay, so you slice a huge chunk of this creature off. It's now sort of like basically down on its knees. It's still got your hyaline on its back, like burning its face off. And it's like, it's barely moving. It's like on its knees, like its movements have got slower and more uncoordinated. It's like half heartedly trying to slap this guy off it whilst they're just sort of occasionally going. But its movements have got a lot slower and a lot easier to sort of like dodge and predict. So, why more? Okay, so. Mm, do I have the. Uh, what did we settle on for moving through friends? Moving through friends is fun. Okay. One, two, three, four. So, I'm between. Two trees here, I guess, and uh, we're gonna have the shield out, and we're going to try and chop into this tree. Let me get the correct sheet because the macro doesn't work currently. Here we go. Seventeen and a lot. Six. Yep. So as as this thing's flailing around, it's on its knees. Your your hirelings jamming a torch in its face, burning it. You run in, 
sword out, shedding sunlight across the scene. You sort of give the nod to the hireling. He sort of drops off it and rolls into the snow. And as it sort of slowly turns towards you, this half-burnt and melting face, you swing the, the sun sword in a glittering arc, separating its wooden head from its body, and both topple to the ground. Okay, then we go on to the NPCs. So... The other one's like lumbering towards you all. Although it's not moving particularly rapidly. It's just like... As it creaks as it moves. Okay, realistically, if it continues at this pace, you guys have got like a couple of rounds to like do um, what you want to do. Can I light an arrow off one of the torches and shoot it? And see you most certainly can. Yep, you you sort of like shout to one of the hirelings. He holds the torch up. You're like, <sighs> so that's a thirteen for three points of damage if it works. Okay, you hit the creature. And indeed, you see it starts to smolder, bits of bark falling off, and it sort of staggers a little as your wooden arrow plunges into it, and the fire okay. sort of spreads. Okay, anyone else want to do anything in this turn, while it's sort of lumbering towards you? Got any other ranged weapons? Yeah, I can I can do the same. So. Yep, so you're like, oh, good idea, Harp. <clears throat> yep. And, uh... Let's see if this works. Longbow, missile, yes. Oh, that one works. Okay. 17. Oh, nice. Okay, so you hit it like dead in like, where its eyes are, and it's just like a carved yeah. sort of wooden sort of eye. And again, it's you hear the hissing of burning sap. And again, the thing sort of drops to its knees, and it's pretty much like crawling now across the snow like slowly towards you guys using its thick gnarled wooden hands to like pull itself along like drilling a furrow through the snow snow sort of piling up on either side of it anyone else oh i guess bullseye could light an arrow too because he has a yeah. okay. is he any other archer we've got oh that's not a hit though probably yeah yeah, he fires an arrow and it goes a little bit short. Obviously, he's suffering from his like injuries to his arm. Yeah. The arrow sort of falls a little bit short, hits the snow, and tsst, as it goes out. Okay, so this thing continues to like crawl towards you guys, but it's not really moving that rapidly. Obviously, if anyone wants to shoot at it again, you can do. Okay, here it goes. Do you want to go? Oh, that's a hit. For two points of damage. Yep, you launch another burning arrow. Sails true through the air. Sinks into the back of this wooden creature as it's pulling itself. And it catches fire briefly before like, sort of falling over. The snow extinguishing the flames, but it lies still. We're now no longer in combat rounds. Okay. Can I come over and examine this uh, door? Yeah, go. Yeah, move yourself over. That's absolutely fine. 
it, it, it doesn't appear to be an actual door, it's just like a carving of like an outline of what could be like an archway or a door in the tree. And again, it has the same sort of riddle or puzzle in flowing elven script that has been carved onto the tree. Okay. Uh, cool. So I'll come back to the party and explain that when I called out to the west, there was a, a, a scurrying noise. I think there are definitely other people around. Um, but they seem quite secretive and nervous. Um, so I don't know if we should try and find them or if we want to uh, enter the building. We've got any other ideas about this? And as the as the sort of the battles fading away, and you're able to like catch your breath and look around, and Malcolm saying, "Should we go and look for these voices? Should we look into the building?" As you look to the north, so sort of like here, you can see that actually it looks as though like a tree has sort of partly grown into the building and sort of like smashed through a bit of the wall, so you can like see a little bit into the building beyond. And through there, you can spot what appears to be. It almost looks like a a tree, but it, it's it's covered in blossoms, like pink and red blossoms. But it is inside the building, under Indeed. the roof. Yeah. Where you would think it wouldn't get any light. Okay. I was also going to ask John. Is there any chance of me retrieving my spear, or would it have been burnt? Or... Okay, I'll go and grab that. Yeah, no problem. You run across, you pull your spear out of the the dead car because of this wooden thing. Because as it fell over, the snow everywhere, it wouldn't have carried on burning for very long. So. Okay, cool. So do we investigate this gap, or have we got any other ideas for this sort of um, riddle thing? It sounds very watery. Yeah, definitely does. Have we tried stream? I no, that's next on my list. Basically, sort of the same thing, but just variations of water. Um, I think we should. So have let's a look. let's examine the building first, and then we can come back to yeah. the tree and see if we can. Um. Can I, can, is this gap big enough to get through? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I say, it basically looks as though a tree's grown and it's like grown through like the corner of the building. So you can like just squeeze around this tree and head in. Okay. Uh, so Weimar, do you want to go back to the original plan? Or we can. Would this, I mean, this gap would be probably a safer route than going through the door, wouldn't it? Potentially, because I'll, be I'll take a look. Less likely that. Okay. So, I'll, I'll put my weapons away again. And, uh... Okay. Um, can I climb this tree, John, to see yeah. if I can see any of the creatures that I know are out there chattering? Romy D six, Malcolm. Uh, four. So as you're sort of as you're sort of looking over to the west, 
you briefly see like a rustle of bushes and for a few moments you think you see like a diminutive like three four foot tall like figure sort of like dashing like, very quickly between one bush and another but like you can't really make out any details you just see like ragged cloth streaming out behind it and some sort of hood and then it like <laughs> disappears into the other bush Okay, so Weimar, looking through the gap in the building, you see this beautiful tree covered in these almost like these cherry blossoms in the branches, which is obviously not a normal thing you see in Balconan. And it appears to be growing out of a pool of water in the centre of a of a room that has like a stone, a flagstone floor, slightly cracked and aged. But you see this like crystal clear pool of water. And the tree appears to be like growing on the edge of it, with like some of its roots like heading down and plunging down into the water. Is the tree otherwise growing out of the tiled floor? Yeah, it, the the other roots, which are a little bit smaller, they appear to have like snaked through like cracks in the flagstones. Okay. The pool does look as sort of built as it does on the map, right? Yeah, it 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 has like sort of bricks almost like around it it's obviously a constructed pool mm-hmm. there's like bricks form it and it forms like a perfect circle so yeah. it's obviously not natural yeah. and as you continue to sort of like peer in a bit more just beyond the pool and where this tree is you can see there's what appears to be a another plant of a variety you're not familiar with almost like a sort of tropical sort of wide-leafed plant mm-hmm. that appears to be sort of like growing out of what looks to have once been like a large pot in the corner of the room, but like some of the roots have broken through and stuff yeah. like that. I'll, if I can, I'll wedge myself in. Yep, you step in, and immediately as you enter the building, you notice that the temperature goes up mm-hmm. to the point where it feel the temperature feels like a normal sort of pleasant summer day in here, which to you, having been in the Valcon in winter and all about. It feels like positively tropical as you like walk in in like your furs and everything, and suddenly it goes to what what we would consider out of character to be like an average temperature, but to you it it's probably like the warmest you've been for a long old time. Yep. Uh, so I'll I'll sort of not really whisper, but I lower my voice and lean out the gap. So inside is is very warm, so the power. And this place probably warms it. The plants here wouldn't survive in the cold. Also, we might want to ditch our warmer things if we want to be around here for a long time because it will. We're already in a bad shape, and we don't really want to add dehydration on top of that. But hold on for a minute. I'll I'll take a look further inside to the just to the next room. I'll be back in just a moment. Okay, and as you move in, you notice as you're sort of like passing by the pool that there's actually like very small sort of like fish swimming around in the pool. And there appears to be like a strange almost sort of like iridescent like sparkling on the surface of the water. Okay. Are the the fish, they're just, you know, fish not special and... They, they, they actually look almost like... If you've ever seen, like, koi carp, you know, the multicoloured yep. fish, they look similar to those. They don't look like your standard, like, river fish you would find mm. in Valconan. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll step around the pool. Okay. And, uh... Do we hit... Do we feel that heat 
on the corner of the building outside? Or it, it, it if you sort of get close to the gap, you, you can feel it a little, but it only seems to really take effect when you like, enter the building. Yeah. Although you suspect that it's probably like there's probably a, maybe a little bit of heat sort of bled from it. That's why the snow's a bit patchier around here. But it is coming out. It's not like a magical barrier. Yeah, like. there's no magical barrier, but it seems to like mostly be like confined to yeah. the building. Although that may just be a case of like it's hitting the cold air when it comes out. Yeah. And it's not strong enough to like fight against the Balcon in winter. Okay, so I'll yep, so peer you, into the next room. So you peer into the next room. You can see a, what must have once been a, a nicely mosaiced floor. Obviously the mosaics are cracked and aged. As you sort of peer to the left and right on the walls, you can see there are like a couple of like animal heads mounted on the walls, sort of like here and here. One is a deer, the other appears to be like a wild boar. There is another of these tropical pot plants growing in the middle of the room. And then sort of scattered around the room are like a couple of like piles of what look like paper. Just like scattered on the floor in like, a, like two or three like piles. I'll step in. Yep, no problems. And uh, so this looks like... Uh hole to the outside? Indeed it does. Yeah. Okay. I will go and and peek here to okay. the next room. So you peek through into the next room. On the sort of wall to the south, again you see another like antlered animal head mounted on the wall, and there appears to be like a bear skin rug laid out on the floor. And there's another one of these like tropical plants, but this one has like a sort of strange like purple fruit that you're not familiar with like growing on it. Yeah. Just beyond that, so sort of like directly opposite, you can see what appears to be like another another sort of doorway, although there's no door in it. And it maybe leads to what used to be like a stable, because mm -hmm. the, you can see that there's no like flagstone floor. Earthen. The, there's, it's like earth and sort of like yeah. old remnants of straw. And another one of these sort of like tropical plants. Yeah. I'll pop my head in quickly just to confirm that these are in fact ways out. They are indeed. Okay. So I'll, with with all that intel gathered, I'll skedaddle back. Okay. So, um, I don't think there's necessarily anyone inside. So I think we definitely should come in immediately so file in be careful don't go into the pool don't touch the the cherry tree and i'll, I'll have yarn and the rest file in yeah no problem anyone who enters the building you likewise notice that the temperature raises to the equivalent of a, a warm summer's day it feels quite pleasant in here um, it probably feels a bit hot and sticky to you guys. You're used to the colder weather by now. Um, but it seems to be doing well for the plants and whatever else is in here. And likewise, you see this strangely iridescent pool with these small multicolored fish, but only like that sort of size, swimming around in it. And this large sort of cherry blossom tree 
growing out of the side of the pool, a couple of its larger roots like plunged down into the water, having grown over the edge of this clearly like artificially made pool of water. Have I ever seen any fishes or trees similar to this? You, you have never seen a tree like this in your life, and you probably, obviously, you know what fish are, of course you do, your people are always like catching fish, but you've never seen like multicoloured specimens like this, most of the fishes you get around here are like grey, sort of darker, like earthy colours, whereas these are, like I said, they're almost like tropical fish, many brightly coloured, like oranges, golds, whites... So we definitely need to be careful. There's definitely magic at use here. So I should be cautious. Absolutely fine. Is there any fruit on this tree? Not on this tree, no. Okay. So there's a plant that way um, with some kind of purple fruit on it I didn't do anything to that either uh, I will very quickly uh, try and um, I'll, I'll kneel by the pool yep and I'll I'll take a glove off and I'll just with my pinky I'll I'll dip the, the tip of my pinky into the pool that is absolutely fine you you put your you're sort of pinky in the the water. It feels warm and very pleasant. Okay, the, the water's warm. And you actually notice as you put your sort of finger in, like a few of the sort of little fish like swim around your fingers. You know how fish do when they're like sort of like yeah. that. Yeah, but obviously it doesn't cause you any harm. They're just tiny little fish. Yeah. But they don't seem to be like frightened of you like sticking mm. your finger in the which itself would be unusual for like wild fish in Balconan, because like you get into the water, they are gone. Mm -hmm. And see the bottom of the pool, can't we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's only about ten foot deep. Yeah. There's no no and the, and the holes. No, and the water is crystal clear. Like I say, with There's this no strange sort of like out. iridescence like over the surface of it, you know, sort of sparkling on the water's surface, but. So no signs of holes where heat would be coming in or nope. filtering the water in some sort of weird way? or Nope, not at all. Uh, Weimar, did you tell us that there was papers in the next room? You uh, muted Weimar. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have mentioned, but you can also see clearly from, you know, around the pool, you can see the next room. Okay, so I will go in and start examining the papers if that's okay yeah, I'll follow okay so the, the pile of papers you move up to Malcolm most of it appears to be sort of like useless um, however you do as you're searching through it you do find one piece of paper with sort of decipherable writing on it and it says our great work has begun if our brethren in the center will not acknowledge their folly then the drone will prepare for what must surely follow I have created a pool to siphon stray wisps of energy from the great lines of power to aid in our great work. Okay. So I will show that to Weimar and head towards the next pile. Okay. 
So again, most of it's ruined beyond use. However, there is a, a page, but it seems to be written in some sort of code or cipher. If you want, you can make an intelligence check to see whether you can puzzle it out. That was unexpected. <clears throat> okay, so you you see it's not like a sort of strange language. It's very deliberately a cipher someone's written to keep something secret. But you manage to puzzle it out, you know, like working out the most common letters, that sort of thing. And the notes read, Despite our objections, it is clear that our brother Senna are planning to go ahead with their plan to conjure up a great ice age to seal the firstborn back into the ice. It is true we need to act, but they seem heedless of the ripple this will have in the rest of the natural world. My fellow Druun have proposed that we prepare for this eventuality, and have conceived a plan to translate the great western Tolmanwode into another place far beyond the reach of this looming winter. It has fallen to me to test some of the lesser conjurations that will be used in this great undertaking. My brother Druun have begun the construction of several gates that will provide the necessary connection between Balcona and the Tolmanwode. Once work is complete, we will leave this place, but I have placed several enchantments so that our work will not fall into the hands of the unworthy. Okay. To, to, to the Tommen world, is that something that we would know or would have heard of? Or? Doesn't no. ring any bells. I mean, could it be some of the other sites that we've... Uh, and I have a, I've I've just added an item called Drew Notes to your character sheet, which is basically that that I've just read out. Cool. And I will likewise... And I don't have a separate thing for the other piece of paper, but... Well, there's still a part of this building that we haven't explored as well, isn't there? Uh, which one? Since, since you're local, Darren, can you make me a d6 roll? I certainly can. So I'm assuming you guys are like discussing this in one. Oh, that'll do. Okay, so as they mentioned, Tolman Wode, it, you don't really recognise the name, but you know that Wode is like one of the old sort of words for wood. And you remember like an old legend that your people used to tell that they used to be to the west. Like the western edge of where you are now there used to be a great forest like uh, many, many leagues were covered by this forest and it was supposed to be like the biggest forest on Balconan and then according to the legends of your people one night it just disappeared and there was just sort of like rolling hills and empty space left in its place and how far sort of to the west would that be from you know that, technically speaking, if I mean you, you've not got an exact location because it's like old no. tribal wisdom, but you think if the legends are true, like the area you're in now would like be within the boundaries of this woodland. Oh right, obviously, so obviously it apparently disappeared though. I mean, it used to cover. If you imagine like the map of sort of South Falconan that you're on at the minute, pretty much like the entire sort of western like half of it was covered by this woodland, and then apparently one night. It just vanished. Your tribe don't really like to speak about it too much because like, obviously there was some like bad magics went down there. Mm. So that that's part of the reason why 
it's actually part of the reason why your people sort of moved out onto the ice flows rather than sort of staying in land so much just because of like the amount of like magics and strange things that were happening around the time of the ice age okay well i should pass on the information or legend or whatever i do know and confirm that there's more sorcery about this um, can I examine the turd pile, so? You can indeed. Okay, so in in this pile, most of it's ruined. However, you find what appears to be... Thank you. You find what appears to be a small sketch map, and it appears to show... It has, like, very crude, like, some sort of, like, door or, like, a an iron-barred gate drawn on it. And... You sort of like look at the map and trying to put together like roughly where it is based on geographical features that you know. You see that it, the, according to this map, this gateway would be a few days to the east of where New Zealand is located. Okay. Give or take, because obviously the map's not exactly to scale, it's a sketch map. A few days east, okay. Okay, what do you guys want to do? I'll take, a look at, I'll take a look at the heads on the wall. Uh, yeah. Just more close up if there's anything like a plaque on the, you know, where it's mounted. There's not a plaque, but it's mounted on like, I suppose it is a plaque, but you know, like a wooden sort of plaque. There's yeah. no like labeling or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. However, as you move closer to it, this deer head actually starts to move. And not in like, oh, I'm attacking you with my antlers sort of way. It's just as you sort of like put your hand out to look at it, it almost like gently like nuzzles your hand like an animal might do. Almost as though it was still alive. If if I, you know, go through with it, is it warm? It does feel warm, yeah. Moving over the other side of the room. Oh, yeah, old uh, Brock's not looking too keen on that. I'll poke it. I'll poke it in the nose. You poke it, it sort of goes and like tries to like move away, but obviously it can't move anywhere because it's just a head. But it like moves its head to like the right. I'll I'll turn to (laughs) Brock and Hart, just wide-eyed, just shake my head slowly. Don't know uh, what if to I make approach of this. the boar, is it the same? Yeah, very similar. The boar, obviously being a bit more aggressive than a deer, it sort of like tries to like nudge your hand away, but it, obviously it's a head. It can't like launch itself out and attack you. So if you put your hand out, it's like trying to like, push your hand away with its head, and it lets out like a <laughs> noise. Okay. Hmm. What strange folk these drone were. I'm going to move into the next room to try and uh, investigate this place as quick as possible. Okay, move yourself in. That's Please. absolutely fine. So, as you move in, again, you see this, like, this lush bush with purple fruit, large, like, sort of round spherical purple fruits about the size of a man's fist just to the south of you. 
You can also see on the southern wall is another one of these deer heads. And on the floor just to the north of you is a sort of flat like bearskin rug like laid out. It looks a bit tatty and a bit sort of moth-eaten like it's seen better days. But it is still recognisably a bearskin. Again... Um, yeah, again, I haven't seen anything like this fruit before. No. no. Okay. Um, However, as you sort of like, because you stood right near to the bush, yeah. there, there is like a very sort of, almost like a sort of black currenty like smell coming from the bush. Okay. So similar smells, but not recognizable as a. Yeah. Um, well, I'm keeping well clear of these animals, so I'm going to go between them and stick my head through this doorway okay you stick your head through the doorway and you can see as I described previously it's what looks to be the remains of a barn there's like a few bits of like half rotted straw on the floor and it's earth sort of underneath it you can see what's it been like a, a man of the wilderness you can see that the signs of like recently like smaller animals have used it you know like there's some like dung and a few bits of like droppings about there's another one of these like lush looking potted plants Sort of growing here you probably see like a few like small animal bones amongst the the straw so signs that like local animals have been using it which doesn't surprise you it's warm it's out of the elements and you can see obviously this this huge trees grown through the wall so it's not exactly difficult to get into and obviously there is there is what appears to be a a wooden door in the wall sort of opposite you which appears to like still be intact, but obviously there's a gaping hole to the south where this tree's grown through the wall. So but we we did see that door from the outside, didn't we? Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's not leading anywhere. We don't know about. Can I examine the deer, the, the bear skin, and see if it moves? Is there anything underneath it? Rami D six. Five. Okay, the, the bear skin does not move. You lift it up. There doesn't appear to be anything untoward underneath it. Okay. It's just a slightly okay. moth eaten old like bear skin. It must have once been quite nice, but obviously it's been like lying here for time in this hot weather. It's suffered a little bit from it. Yeah, I guess there's more. I was wondering was there a trapdoor or something underneath? That doesn't appear to be. Uh, can I pick a piece of purple fruit? You can indeed. You you pick one of these spherical purple fruits, like I said, about the size of a fist. You, you give it a little twist, it comes away from the bush easily. You notice there's only about like three of these fruits on the bush, but you, you take one. Like I said, there's this okay. odour of almost like black currants coming from it. Can I eat it? Yep. You eat it, it tastes lovely. It tastes like a large black currant. Okay. You don't suffer any ill effects from consuming the fruit. Okay. Hmm. Okay. There doesn't seem to be anything else here. Should we check out the trees? Or these chittering creatures? 
think so. I'll, I'll check the door too while we're here. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll try and push open the door. Yeah, that, that's fine. You can open the door. You should yep. be able to click on it. Yep. And it opens out into the area you'd expect it to. It doesn't open anywhere strange. However, I am going to ask, can you, Brock, can you please roll me 2d6 for um, young Abiel? Six, two threes. And that's absolutely fine. He's, he's next to this pool. He's feeling a bit parched and a bit thirsty, but he's like, yeah, they said I shouldn't. I'll leave it. Well, strangely, you mentioned that. Um, I was going to wait till everyone left the vicinity of the pool because Brock is he's getting into a bit of a desperate situation well, obviously where you are at the minute it's all, all like relative we're just sort of like moving yeah. like so but if, if you want to move yourself to the pool and do something we can easily assume you wait till everyone else has left that's not a problem he's basically without anyone seeing or he don't want anyone to notice he's going to take some water from this and drink it in the okay. real desperate situation that it might if it's this pool of life it might actually help him but you don't want anyone to know that he's doing that okay no problem so you drink some of this water <laughs> okay so you drink this water and you feel it doesn't heal the the disease that you're laboring under but for a few moments, you feel like refreshed and like you get a, a slightly renewed sense of confidence. You know, you feel like you could like take on the world. For the rest of your, for the rest of the day, your saving throws are improved by one. Oh, cool. Well, I don't, I don't think it's going to help in our. No, you, our you can tell that it's not like it's not cured the disease or anything. Okay. Well, he's not going to tell anyone that he's drunk from that. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. He's almost a sort of ashamed. That he's, he's drunk from it in the case that it might be magical. Okay. And as he don't think it's going to save Malcolm's life, he ain't going to sort of bother to tell him. Okay. Should we examine the trees or do you want to try and find the creatures? Is there anything on that paperwork that might help us solve that riddle? Did anyone see anything on there? Uh, no. Okay, so as you've gone, obviously you're all moving around while this is going on. You're not just all sort of like static. You, you've snuck in, you've had your cheeky drink. Uh, Brock, absolutely grand. And you're all sort of pondering what to do next. When you, you hear the voice of... Hannibal Purdy, one of your hirelings, going, So, what are we going to do then? And, he, and he, he, he comes like staggering out of the um, the room with the, the blossom tree in it. And he's like almost like falls over as he comes staggering out. And he's like, Are we staying in this building? Then are, we, are we going? What's going on? And like it. Is he's, he's trying to like focus on you as he's like talking to you, but his eyes are like all over the place. Did you drink from the pool, now. man? <laughs> so well, I was thirsty. You know, it's been a we were running for a whole bloody day. Just just had a little niff. It's like, I tell you what, it's good stuff. 
and he's like sweat he's got that like swagger on as he's like talking like swaying around and he's like yeah it's good stuff he's like did they hit the spot and he's like I suppose anyone's got anything to eat on them. And he sort of like yeah, here, have some food. Sit down there beside the tree and have some food. It's like, oh, uh, nice one. He just like, unceremoniously like, plonks himself down on the floor. Okay. You, you chuck him a bit of food and he like, he tucks into it like he's a starving man, like having his last meal, you know, like, like cramming it into his face. I'm more. You need to you need to get some more discipline over your men. Just drinking from this pool. Okay, seeing as he isn't transforming into a woodman. Yeah. <laughs> as you're sort of like you go near him, Weimar, he's like, he's like, he leans closer and like almost like conspiratorially like tries to whisper but he's like being louder than he was when he was talking a minute ago and he's like did I ever tell you about the time I I stole this pearl necklace of a noble woman Rowaline oh you should have seen their faces oh I made a pretty penny off that I did and he he like laughs and like pats his knees as he's like saying this he's like oh yeah but the money never lasts does it Never lasts. Still, that's life, I suppose. And he, and he carries on rambling in much the same vein. Hmm. Maybe let's put a hold on the pool for the moment. Uh, should we check? Because trees are one thing, but I think Malcolm, if, if you saw some people. So let me um, let me try and do my uh, stealthy Max Stelterson trick mm -hmm. and try and see if I can find him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, what I will do, John, is I'll kind of stealthily kind of make my way over to wherever I've seen that uh, creature running between the bushes. It's about that. Yeah. Okay, so make your sort of stealth like tracking roll, whatever you do. Uh, success. Okay, no problems. So you sort of sneak up to these bushes, and as you get there, you can see sort of in these bushes, sort of like around about here and here, are these two diminutive, odd-looking creatures, and they they're humanoid, but they have like a mix of like animalistic features. They almost like if you've ever seen like um. Like the creatures from, like you know, like mole and ratty and stuff like that from like uh, the various stories. They they look a bit like that. Like someone's taken a random like small human and put an animal head on it, and they're wearing okay. like they're wearing like mismatch like waistcoats and like tattered robes. And as you're getting a bit closer, you're stealthing so they've not heard you. They appear to be like whispering to each other like from the bushes, like they're facing each other. And one of them's like, "It's not. I tell you, it's not." And the other one's like, it is. I saw him. I saw him. Got the ears and everything. No, it can't be. Don't talk rubbish. 
And he's like, listen, I'm telling you, I saw it. Saw it in my own eyes, didn't I? And he's like, nah, there haven't been any of them around for ages. He's like, don't talk rubbish. He's like, you've been at that moonshine again, haven't you? He's like, no, I swear I haven't. I I'm telling you, saw it plain as I'm seeing you now. And then they carry on to roughly in that same vein with one of them trying to convince the other that he's seen something and the other being like, no, you haven't. Okay. <clears throat> so I will creep closer and um, uh, and get as close as I can and um Uh, what am I going to say? So assuming I'm near, near the one that's saying the no, right? Yep. Um, what I want to do is say, um, I think your friend is right. There is an elf here. Um, can we talk? Can we chat? Let's see uh, what happens. As you say that, the, the little figure in the bush that you've sort of like basically sort of stepped up to he turns around he sees he's got like a little like raccoon head and he's wearing like a little tricorn hat and a waistcoat and as soon as he sees you he pretty much like drops to his knees and he's like oh my lord please don't kill me my lord please please i've got a, i've got a wife and 16 kids no and like tears no. are just like streaming down his face like he's in a bad anime uh no there's no fear nothing to be afraid of i am um... Uh, merely passing through looking for information and uh, assistance if you can be of assistance to me it, it, you he, your kid. it almost seems like insensate, he pretty much carries on he's like, please don't set the hunt on me lord, please think of the children I've got 16 kids 6 wives, 5 grandsons <laughs> um, and I just kind of Put my hand on his shoulder and just kind of shake him a bit and tell him to to snap out of it. As you go to put like your hand on his shoulder, he literally sort of like throws himself backwards and he's trying to like scramble away, like using his hands and his legs to like push himself backwards. Okay. I mean, he's not getting away from you because he's like a tiny wee raccoon man, but um. um so I guess I'll kind of take a step back and say. Um, are you able to help me? Okay, so as you're doing that, out of the the other bush steps another one of these diminutive figures. This one has like a frog head and he's wearing like a little sort of opera cape and a little sort of jerkin. And he, he steps out and he's like he's like you leave him alone. There's no call for any of your messing about. He says, don't make me lay a fearsome enchantment on you. And as he throws his hand up like a sort of shower of little like sparkles, like cascades out of his hand into the air. Uh, I mean, you no harm. I am just in, in need of assistance. It, and I'm it, wondering if you can help me. He looks at you curiously with his like big frog eyes. And he's like, What's it you want? Uh, information, if you have it, and uh, healing, if 
you might have that for a friend of mine and I. If your people are... He sort of t- tucks his thumbs into his little waistcoat and he's like, he's like, well, I can't do you any healing, but um, I could probably... And he like puffs his chest out. He's like, I could probably teach you a trick or two, you know, if, the, uh, if there was sufficient inducement. Ah. And what level of inducement would you require? He says, well, if you wanted to learn the mighty magics of the goblin folk... You would need to give me something extremely precious. And it would need to be presented in person to the king. Aye. And tell me, before we get on to your goblin secrets, what can you tell me of the Droon who built this place? He, sa- he says, oh, they all left ages ago. Um, and is there many more of their guardians? He says, oh yeah, they're dotted around all over the place. Uh-huh. He says, uh, on the big trees where they put the door in, they always put a guard by them. But as long as you stay away from the trees or and the other guards, you should be alright. Uh-huh. And do you know how to open the doors? He says, well, it's obvious, isn't it? The, the instructions are written on the door. Uh-huh. And tell me... Do you know the answer to the riddle? Like, of course I do. Right. Prove it to me then, Master Goblin. Okay, make me a charisma check. <laughs> uh, uh, Infamous charisma check. Sorry, actually, it's not that bad, to be fair. Oh. Um, Oh, but it's going to be teed again. Oh, that's really bad. <clears throat> he says, he says, right you are. He says, come with me. And he walks you over to this big tree there. I'll move right. it over. Oh, and he, he gets to the he gets to the tree. He moves to where the, like, the carving of the door is. And then he starts like rooting around in his trousers. He's like, do you want do you want uh, I turn around, so you t- you turn around, and after a few moments, you hear like <coughs> right. I'm done now. You can turn around. Okay. And you turn around, and you see there's like an obvious wet patch on the trunk of the tree, and where there was previously a carving of a door, there is now an actual door. Okay. And he's like, there we go. Told you I knew. You did indeed. Um, let me... So, I have a brown jasper worth 50 yep. gold pieces that I will just give him. He's like, and say, he's like ooh. Um... He, take, he takes a gemstone off you and it like disappears into his waistcoat. Um, and tell me, where where is your king? Is he nearby? He says, no, no, he's in... He, he's back at home, isn't he? He, he doesn't uh, he doesn't get around to the, the places like this. He's not scrubbing around here with the likes of us. Uh, 
Okay, and where is home? Is it in the Tormund Woods? He says, he says, no, no, there's, yeah, there's some of our lot in um, the Tormund Woods, but uh, no, but our homes, and he just sort of like makes a gesture like that. Okay. Elsewhere. And do you think your king would be open to visitors? Or are you a private folk? Well, he says, well, if you if you've got gifts for him and things to trade, then I'm sure it'd be open to visitors. Mm. Can be can be a bit my, my home place can be a bit dangerous for folk like you, not particularly folk like you. Hmm. It's the story of my life, unfortunately, Master Goblin. Um. So if I wanted to find your king to give him gifts, how would I go about it? He's up. He, he looks around a bit conspiratorially, and then he said, oh, "I'm not really sure I should be telling you how to get there. I mean, it's not, it's not really the done thing." Uh -huh. He says, "But um, you know, if you happen to have any more of those." Um, Nice shiny pebbles on you. Uh, maybe I could see my way to uh, accidentally revealing a bit of information. Ah. Uh, so I do. So I pull out an eye agate. Um, like his sort of like his frog eyes are like boom as he sees it, and he's like. The answer first, my friend. Oh right, okay. And he starts rooting around in like the pockets inside his waistcoat, and he takes out what appears to be a a blue candle, and he like goes, "There you go." Okay, so I take the blue candle, and he, he obviously takes the stone. He feels free. He goes, like, "Right, now what you need to do is go to a place where there's some trading going on, preferably." Find yourself a door. Light this candle in front of the door. Let the candle burn all the way down. Keep your eye on it, though. Let the candle burn all the way down. And when the candle's last bit of smoke disappears, get your door handle. Turn it the other way to what you would do normally. And then walk through the door and you'll be there. Ah. And it's important that there's trading nearby? Oh, yeah! Of course it is. Okay. What kind of questions are? I am unfamiliar with your ways, Master Goblin. I'd have thought you'd know a bit more about it. What were you being... You know? My people are not from this land, nor connected to the people that you know as... At which point he like looks back over his shoulder in the direction of like the bush where presumably his cohort is still located, and he's like, "Look, didn't I tell you? I told you he wasn't. I said, look, where, where's all his white horses? Where's his sleigh? Where's all his retainers and all that? Like I told you he wasn't." And you hear like a sort of mumble in the distance in response. <laughs> um. Okay, and tell me. Master Goblin, a final question, if I may. Uh -huh. um, is there anywhere near here where one might get 
healing of the magical variety. He says, "Well, if you're lucky, you drink from the enchanted waters in there." And he like jerks a thumb at the like a long sort of toad-like thumb at the building. You might get lucky. Thing is, when when they when the the, the old fellow used to live here, when he originally made that pool, it was all nice and all nice and controlled. All the magic was controlled, and it did what he wanted it to do when he wanted it to do. But these things, they have a way. Like if you don't look after them and you don't keep up with them. They eventually start getting a bit, you know, a bit, bit twitchy. It's mm. like, so I, I couldn't say exactly what would happen to you if you drank the water in there. If you get lucky, it might sort you out. Okay. 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 Um, and do you know where this door goes? As a final, final question. He says, well, way way I understand it is when when the fellows who lived here they were doing whatever they wanted to do, they want the, what they wanted to do is they wanted to like move a whole big place to like somewhere else. And to do that, it's it's difficult. You you've got to like practice first. So what they did was they built a slightly smaller place and they put it inside these trees as like a test okay. to see if they could do it. And then they were like, well, we've got all these little... They've got this place knocking around in these trees. Oh, we'll, we'll get some people to... We'll get some people to, like, live in there, you know, like, check it's all working and it stays there and it's all how it should be. And then, once they'd done that, they they left to do whatever they were going to do. And I think I think the, the people they got in the trees are probably still in there, to be honest. Okay. Can't say it really appeals to me going in a tree, but... You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right here. And... Do you know if the doors all go to the same place? I don't, to be honest, but I would expect so. Because okay. I mean, from 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 what I from what I heard, they they wanted to be able to make multiple ways in and out of this big place they were doing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they wanted to make multiple ways in and out of the little place they were doing as a test. Okay. Cool. Well, you have been most helpful, Master Goblin. That's all right. And I'm indebted to you for your time. Oh, I shall bear that in mind, he says. And, and, as, as, and as he says that, you feel like a, a very slight vibration, almost like when a phone vibrates, run through your body. Okay. Okay. Um... So I will... Uh, bid him adieu and head back towards the door. He, he does like a a sort of an overly flourishing bow with his little hat and then he turns around and he starts like strutting off back towards the bushes going, and you hear his voice trailing away go, I told you, I told you it wasn't. Yeah, I told you. You wouldn't listen though, would you? And then he sort of fades out into the distance. Okay. Um, so, and then I will explain to Weimar and Brock that there were goblins nearby that the Droon built a gate to another place as a test, and that's what these gates are. I'm guessing the gate to the Tolman Wood is the gate that we found on the map that is east of New Zealand, 
and that the goblin also believed that there was a chance that if he drank the water from the pool that it might cure our ales um, but that it might also have a negative results um, but that the goblin also believes that there are um, Droon and other people potentially living in the space through the door um, but I don't know um, and what I'm going to suggest guys is I'm going to suggest we have our sort of normal 10 minute break here to refresh our drinks etc that'll give you a bit of time to think about what you want to do next as well so if we all adjourn now we come back in 10 minutes yep cool okay right back in 10 yep Let's see how much of the uh, the Paul Malcolm drinks. <laughs> okay, so Malcolm's explained his recent encounter with these strange, like animal goblin folk you guys are all stood around he's just revealed that apparently a goblin told him that the pool might heal you it might have some negative effects over to you guys yeah it's entirely up to you the pool clearly does things What do you reckon, Brock? Should we take a drink? Well, that sounds uh, sounds a bit dangerous. Um, I will take a drink, John. Okay, no problem. Let me see what occurs. Almost foolhardy. Okay, so you take a drink of this water. It's delicious. It's thirst quenching, and then. You don't notice any, at first, you don't notice any obvious effects. And you're like, oh, just nice refreshing water. And then as you look around, you realize that everyone else in the room appears to be like moving like really slowly, almost as though they're like moving at half speed. Whereas to everyone okay. else, Malcolm, like when he talks, when he moves, appears to be moving at like double speed. For the rest of the day, you effectively are hastened, so you gain like double actions. Oh, nice. So you can, like, move twice, take two actions in a standard turn. Okay. So if you really just wanted to run, you can run, like, four times as fast okay. as you do normally. 
Does that mean I can take two drinks again? Yeah. Although it's it's it takes a bit of adjusting because you realise when you're talking to the others, you have to like from your perspective, you have to talk really slowly because oh. otherwise, as far as I can, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. Is there a limit on the amount I can drink? Can I have a second? You have a second swig of the water. It doesn't appear to have any additional effect. Okay. Okay. Did it, did it do anything? Should, should I... Should, should um, I can certainly move faster for... Haven't done it. Okay. Um, bullseye. Where it is, this pool could you know, help with bruises and battle damage. He just shakes sad his lap. I don't even know evil sorcery. Is it going to be a problem if I take a swig? It's up to you. I'm not your mother. And he's like, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but it's not the ice walk away. Right. Oh, that's right. It's it's really not anyone's way, I don't think, anymore. He says, well, it's doubly not the ice walk away. <laughs> Probably right on that. So I'll, uh, John, I'll, I'll take a... Okay. Take a sip and become a frog. Okay, you take a swig of it, and you... You feel a slight weakness in your body. For the rest of the day, your saving throws are reduced by one. Yeah, I think I can move quickly to... Speaking of, should we move... Um, quickly. From, from here. Did you say that the, um, the folk that built this place may be through this strange doorway? Yeah, yes. Uh... My new friend believes that some people went into this, <clears throat> through this doorway to this new place to um, to prove that it could be done for when they moved the whole forest to a different location. Well, maybe they they would have some more information or maybe able to help us more. Mm. It definitely seems like our best choice. There doesn't seem to be anything else around. Um. But the days are getting on, so um, we should. I think we should try it. Yeah, I mean sure. the door's there now, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so I think we'll. Uh, if there's no descent, we'll. Uh, I'll open the door and. Okay. Step into the tree. Don't, don't worry about moving your counters if you're rolling over there. We know where you're going. You move across to this large tree here, following Malcolm, and you can see that where there was just previously like a carving of a door, there is now an actual door in the tree. Who's going to open it? Yeah, I will. Okay, and I will continue trying to stall for a few moments while my map loads. Okay. Because that's the way I roll. Okay, there we go. Lovely. In elevator. That's it, exactly. 
Okay. Our so. customer representatives will be with you as soon as possible. Your call is important to us. We should have really crackly, you know, like C cassette tape uh, classical music played on <laughs> on here while we're doing yeah. the load. Okay, so the the door opens in the tree into what appears to be an impossibly large wooden chamber beyond that seems like it's carved out of the inside of the tree, but also this chamber's far too big to be in the tree that you've seen. And as, you, as the door opens, there's a horrible smell of animal feces in the air. Well, it's up to you whether you think it's horrible or not, but there's a smell of animal dung in the air, and you can hear, like, snorting and snuffling and as you move into this chamber, you can see there are what appear to be three pigs sort of snuffling around on the ground. Not wild boars, not crazy like dire boars or anything, just, just pigs. Okay. And if I approach them and try and give them some food, what happens? Yeah, you offer them some food, they start greedily troughing the food out of your hands. Okay. Is the light, is that the extent of the area? Or does it seem to... There's no interior lighting, so we're going on like your torches and whatnot. Ah, oh, right, okay, okay. And is is that at the south, is that where we came through? That's correct, yeah. The doorway sort of thing, okay. And is this in the middle, is this like a river? The water? No, it's just like a deformation in the woods, like knots and marks. And oh, marks. okay, understood, okay. Okay. Do why murder you and Bullseye want to go first again? Kind of peaceful, like. I think so. Well, you got your other Highland, haven't you? Uh... Yeah, I've, I'll, I'll get Bjorn because Bullseye's a bit more banged up. Yep, we're not in combat rounds, so obviously feel free to move yourselves. Yep, so we'll move along. So as you make your way across this wooden chamber, you can see there is a, a sort of fissure or a small passage that appears to lead off in a sort of northeasterly direction. And it all appears to be very organic, as though these passageways hadn't been carved out of the tree, or they'd sort of grown as part of the tree. You don't see any signs of like tall marks or anything like that. And Brock, it'll have to go up and feel like one of the walls 
to check that it is actually a tree. Yeah, it, it appears like to be. Tree. It feels like a tree. It feels like, as you'd expect, the wood of a tree to feel. Slightly softer because obviously it's inside the tree on the bark. Yeah, he's, he's super not happy with this. But needs must at this stage. Indeed. So you continue making your way down this passageway at Weimar and eventually you reach an area where to the north of you it appears to sort of go up almost like steps but again it's like they've grown inside the tree rather than have been fashioned by human or otherwise hands and just from somewhere up these stairs you can hear the sound of low rumbling voices and the sound of snuffling pigs but you can't really make out what they're saying I'll take a quick look here oh I can't move that I'll take a quick look here. Yeah, you peer down and it just appears to be like a series of sort of very tiny, sort of narrow passageways. It's quite uncomfortable to sort of squeeze through. You don't see anything of particular interest down there. Yeah. I'll continue up. And uh, the other two hirelings, so Bullseye and Hannibal, would be uh, the last two in okay. our little train here. I can't currently see them, so I can't control them. That's fine, I can move them up. Sorry, was that sort of stairs going up, did you say? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is stairs, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so as you peer into the, the, the large chamber at the top of these stairs Weimar, you can see a couple of pigs snuffling around and you can see a a very small sort of goblin-like creature sort of stood with its back to you and it appears to be talking to someone out of your visual range but you can hear this like low rumbling voice replying this very slow sort of I'll press myself against this wall here okay and try to slink along yeah no problems yarn okay another goblin I presume indeed you wanted so us there's... to hang back didn't you yeah yeah, yeah. probably hang yeah. back for okay, we'll stay a moment on yeah. top of the stair so presumably they're looking like this way, the yep. goblins, or yeah, that's correct. So I'll, we'll, we'll just continue gently sliding along the wall. Not a problem. As you move further in, you can see that they're talking to a a small figure, maybe about four or five foot tall. Looks a little bit like a dwarf, however. The, the sort of long beard you'd expect from a traditional dwarf appears to actually be like moss growing out of his face. There's a slight greenish tinge to his skin. And he has like various like flowers and like bits of plants sort of growing at random parts from his body. And he and he he's, he's sort of waving his hands quite slowly towards these goblins in a very sort of low voice. He's like, go on, be off with you. I haven't got time for your foolishness. Go on. Go on. And the goblins are saying... The goblins are like, Oh, look, 
look, we're not doing any harm, you know, we're just having a look around. And he's like, he's like, look, I don't mind you looking around, but you're spooking the swine. Go on, be off with your foolishness. Yeah, well, I'll, with both hands, raise up, and I'll gesture you Bjorn to, Bjorn to do the same. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll step a little bit forward. Yeah. And uh, I'll say, uh, with a low voice, to not spook the swine or anyone else in the rooms. Greetings, friends. He, he turns toward you and he says, And a good day to you, sir. Uh, still keeping my hands up. Uh, hello, and um, a, a very good day. And to you, sir. I am here with several of my friends. I hope this is acceptable. Oh, visitors. How delightful. I'll motion for Bjorn to give the hand sign to um, the rest of them to come into the room. Yeah, he does so. The, the dwarf strokes his long, mossy beard, and he says, I am Umbertop, and what might your preferred sobriquet be, kind sir? I am Weimar, Lone Grove. This is Bjorn of the Ice Walkers, and I'll go through that as people file in. Yeah, that's fine. He's, pretty much every person's name you say is like, and a good day to you, and then he says the name after. Yeah, the name. You can see, like, sort of a bit further on into the room, there's another one of these they look pretty similar, just with like slightly different plants growing over to them. And he what he wanders over, and he starts doing pretty much the same thing, being like, "Oh, visitors, good day to you, sir. Good day to you, sir." We we would not like to disrupt your peace any more than we already have. Oh, that is most kind of you we so and he sort of like he, he sort of narrows his eyes and like gives a bit of the stink eye to the goblins and he's like we so rarely get polite visitors nowadays it has been many 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 years since i last conversed with someone who was not either of my kind or of their kind. And the other dwarf's like, yes, many years. Indeed, we, we would be glad to discuss, if if you wish, of, of our kind and the the places that we come from. But I, I, please, please, friends, I, I must press upon you. There There is a rather urgent need that we have and it concerns two of my friends I'll point out Brock well then if it is urgent let us not dilly dally about the matter and his friends like yes let us not waste time 
they have been afflicted with a, a, a dark sorcery. And uh, we, we fear that they have but days left. Oh, that's well, terribly sad news. Is, is there anything that you are aware of in here that might avail us? He says, well, I'm not sure that I can do anything personally. And his, his companion also shakes his head. And he says, however, the older members of our, our people may be able to, to help you out. It would depend on the precise nature of this, uh, this magic or what not that you talk about. It is a malady uh, brought on by the evil power. Oh, a malady. Well, that's very serious then. He says, uh, well, yes, you, you would definitely need to, to speak to the elders, uh, they they may be able to help you out uh, if you continue following the outside of the tree round uh, they are they are up two levels that's where the we have one of our communal areas and that is where the chamber of the elders is located and if anyone in the great tree can help you it will be the elders We are quite thankful, and with your kind permission, as I said, we, we are happy to share news and, and stories and whatnot, but oh, we hurry along. Yes, please do not let me detain you. If you need to be hurrying on your way, don't stand around listening to an old man like me, please. With all speed and due haste, be on your way so that you might solve your most egregious problem. So we'll uh, we'll shuffle along yeah, and leave the goblins to their business. Yep. As you as you continue around, there's another small chamber. There's a couple of uh, a couple of these similar like dwarfish like creatures, but these appear to have a sort of almost like a sort of armor on but it's been like woven out of like living plant material rather than metal although it looks quite sturdy and they're they're basically they're they're shaking their fists slowly at one of these goblins and they're like don't make us come over there and eject you from the great tree less of your mischief young lad and this goblin's like oh look sorry i was i don't know i didn't mean to chase the pig all the way down here and they're like well, it's not a serious offence. Just you be careful in future, lad. And this little this little goblin's looking a little bit sort of crestfallen. He's like scuffing his feet, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll be I'll be careful in future." And like, ah, see you are, see you are. And this little goblin sort of like starts like walking past you, heading in the direction you've just come from. And as you're approaching these two gods, let's call them for want of a, of a better term, 
are like, oh, who is this who comes into the uh, the great tree? We are travelers in need of uh, high wisdom that we were told. Oh, it's very rare we get to see visitors in the great tree. It's been a number of years since our last visitors. Um, I'll, I'll give the motion for, <laughs> for the rest. It's like... Keep shuffling <laughs> along, I'll, I'll talk to these. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the speed up the conversation goes very much yeah. like the last one. And yeah, you see these, this sort of natural stairway heading up at the end. And if you move yourself to the end of the stairway, it should automatically move you up to the next area, if I've done it correctly. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid that Bjorn and the rest have been left behind so I right, understand. Right, that's one of them. That's another one of them. Yep, so you all move up on a level in this tree. You're continuing making your way through this strange sort of woodland area. Which is obviously much larger than the actual tree itself. Occasionally you come across like these small sort of goblinoids and more of these these ponderous like moss dwarf type people. As you move up, Malcolm, you see into what appears to be almost like a, a sort of communal area, you might assume. There's a number of these moss dwarves lying on like mattresses made out of moss and sort of fungus and leaves. There's a couple of goblins like sat down, like chatting to each other. There's a couple of little pigs snuffling about. A couple of the moss dwarves are asleep. It looks like a general sort of living area. There doesn't appear to be much in the way of food around, but as you peep in, Malcolm, you see one of the the dwarves, he like pulls a mushroom that seems to be like growing on the side of his face, just like pulls it off and he like throws it to one of the pigs who eats it. Okay. Does this sound like the communal room that we were looking for, or do you think we need to go up again? He, well, he did say it was a couple of levels up. A couple of levels, okay. Um, okay. Um, he said to go follow the outside of the tree as well, did he? Yeah. So that would mean that we would probably go into the communal area. And there's no way out. Okay. So I guess I'll just head left okay. and see what I can find. Okay, you see a small goblin with a rat-like face wearing a, a waistcoat and a monocle. He's stood, sort of like looking around, and as you approach, he's like, he's like, oh! He sort of like dusts himself down a little bit, and he's like, oh, a, a customer! Oh, finally, finally! And he says, uh, he says, oh, um, 
got the, the 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 finest wares here, and he like he sort of goes like that as though to like slick back his hair, even though like he's he's got a rat face and he's just like stroking his fur back. He's like, oh, f- finest wares, sir. Finest wares. Uh, anything, anything take your fancy, sir? Uh, can sort uh, you. What have you got, Master Goblin? He says, well, uh, he says, well, I can see you're a fine, discerning uh, customer, sir. He says, uh, let me show you one of my most precious wares. And he takes out a small glass jar and like, with a lid on it and holds it out to you. And when you look at it, you can see it's full of spiders. Okay. And tell me, what do the spiders do? Make webs, catch flies, all manner oh, of stuff, okay. sir. And he says, oh, th- that, that that doesn't take your fancy, that doesn't take your fancy. Yeah, no, no problem, sir, no problem, sir. And he roots around in his pockets. And then almost like a stage magician, he sort of goes like that. And you see what appear to be like six partridges, like flutter out of his waistcoat. Okay. Are the partridges for sale? Yeah, if you can catch them, I'll sell them, you sir. Uh, indeed. Hmm. Have you anything in the vein of healing? That is my most pressing need. He says, oh, let, let me have a look. And he starts rooting around in his pockets again. And uh, after a few moments, he says, uh, he says, uh, oh, no, no, I'm afraid, I'm afraid not, sir. Ah. Uh. We don't, get much call, we don't get much call for it, you see. True, true. Um, tell me, can you point me in the direction of the elders? He says, well, the, um, the, 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 the Mosling elders. Yes. And he sort of jokes with them at the corridor behind him. He says, he says all right, go down here. Keep keep following it. Pass, pass the, the, the fungus grottos. You'll eventually get to another flight of stairs. He's like, head up there. There's like keep following it round. There's another communal like sleeping area for some of the older moslings, and then keep following it round. Keep following it round, and then you get to the chamber of the elders. He says, "Oh, if you if you go to talk to the elders, though, he's uh, I'd settle in for the long haul." Yes, that has been my experience. He says, um, "He says, he says, oh, oh, you've spoken to some of the other moslings, have you?" I have. He says, "Oh, that's nothing. The older they get, the slower they speak." Okay. And he's like, well, he's like, there's a mo- he's like, there's a Moslin elder up there. He's like, I've not seen him move in three years. Gonna go well with Malcolm, innit? He's like, he's like, oh, and oddly enough, because like this goblin's quite an excitable, like fast-talking goblin, he sounds more or less normal to you, and he's having no problems keeping up with you. And he's like, he's like. Oh yeah, he's like, I swear if it wasn't for us around here, like nothing'd get done. They'd take forever to do anything. I know they complain about us and they say we cause trouble and we like spook the pigs and whatnot, but he's like he's like, Well, if anything happened in in here and they had to deal with it quickly, well they'd they'd still be working out what was going on and still debating it by the time the world could be falling down and they'd still be wondering what to do. Indeed. Indeed. So I flip him a gold coin. He's so like, thank oh, him for his th- thank assistance. you kindly, sir. Uh, and have a good day. He's like, he's like, oh, I will. I shall save this and spend it down the market. Do. Uh, and I will move on. Yep. As you continue moving further along, you reach a point where there's like these little sort of 
little almost like caves or little depressions in the side of the main corridor and in each one you can see a bewildering variety of like mushrooms and funguses like seemingly growing directly out of the wall and each one has one of these like moss dwarves in there basically like holding out their like moss beard like a sort of improvised basket and they're going and like picking these mushrooms very slowly Okay. Which to you seems agonizingly slowly. To the rest of you, it just seems like a bit slow. They're like this, whereas to you, it's like. I think John's camera's frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so onwards. Indeed. Again, more sort of like mushroom grottos, a couple of pigs, a few moss dwarves. A couple of them sort of greet you as you're heading past in like a very slow, like, oh, good morning to you, sir. Eventually, reach what appears to be another staircase heading upwards. Okay. Let's wait here for the rest. Mm -hmm. If you lose any hirelings along the way, don't worry too much about it. I know they're with you. Just to save you guys. <laughs> <in the> <laughs> I was trying to be smart about it, but I immediately hit the transition. <laughs> yeah, I'd suggest just moving your characters and we'll worry about yeah. the hirelings later. Yeah. What, what I might do in okay. future is I might just like lump all the hirelings together and be like, here is one token for hirelings. Yeah, in situations where violence is unlikely. Yeah. Yep, so you, you can also you, click on journal notes, you can see that everyone and you can just select them there. Yep. As well. So you reach what appears to be another communal area. There's more sleeping moss dwarves and excitable goblins in here. Again, a few pigs snuffling around. Very much the the same as the one on the floor below. You notice that the moss dwarves here they have like longer, mossier beards and they have like more sort of plants and mushrooms growing all over them. Okay. But the age is determined by the beard length, basically. That's certainly From what we've one seen interpretation. So At least we know what we're looking for. So you continue making your way around and eventually it does open up into another large chamber and you can see what appeared to be three of these moss dwarves. They're all sort of stood facing each other. They're all like looking at each other. They don't appear to be moving. Hmm. I leave it to someone else to talk to them so we're fine. Double speed. 
<laughs> okay, so I, I suppose I'll I'll say hello. Uh, Greetings new to you, kind sir. We are in search of the elders of this place. We three are the eldest here in the great tree of our people. We have traveled here because there is a dark malady brought on by evil power that is afflicting my friends here, and I'll indicate Rock and Malcolm. He very and slowly fear... turns his head to follow your indication. And we fear it will claim their lives in but a few days. I see. We have come to humbly ask if if you might know of any way we, we could thwart this dark fate. I'll <laughs> settle in for the... Perhaps. <laughs> Let me think for a moment. Yes. I believe we can help. And he sort of, he, he gestures at Brock and he's like, Come closer and let me look at you. I shall move, move in. There's no need to run. And he sort of slowly like leans forward and looks at you and he says, Yes, I believe we can assist you. He points at one of the other dwarves, the one that's like here. And he says, go over to Elder Dombo there and take one of his mushrooms. Okay, I shall move over. Let's see what he does. The, the other dwarf's still just there. He, he like, doesn't move. He's just still like, looking at the one who was talking. Like, all three of them are still looking at each other. Okay, well, I sort of He's reach got like, out. mushrooms growing all over in various different colours. I reach out. And I'm sort of waiting for him to sort of guide me in some way to which... Which mushroom to pick out, or he don't say nothing. I'll look back over at the other one and any particular mushroom. The red mushroom. Is there one that stands out? Yeah, there's like there's some red mushrooms. It's all different color mushrooms. 
It's like, no, the no. Red, it's like the red mushroom. Well, I look for the red, the reddest. Oh, yeah, you can easily find that red mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. I didn't know if they were all different colours of shades of red. and. Oh, no, they're, they're all like various different colours. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll pick what stands out as the strongest sort of red one. Should not be eaten, for it is poisonous. Okay. The blue mushroom is also poisonous. You would need the white mushroom. Is he finished? He seems to be. He stopped talking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I should look then. Yeah, yeah. There's, or... there's white mushrooms. Yep, I shall look for a a pure white-looking mushroom. Yeah. And I'll reach, reach and sort of gently it's... pull it. Yeah, it it comes away quite easily. Yeah. The, the dwarf doesn't even move. It's just like. And uh, I look back again at the other one, the other uh, dwarf. And... Do you eat this mushroom? Yes. Okay. Um, well, obviously, uh, Brock is. At which point, the dwarf you pulled the mushroom from is like, help yourself. Um. He's used to herbs and stuff, so he, he can understand that there's a good chance that mushrooms might help, so he's willing to take the risk. Okay. So he's going to, yeah, he's just going to eat it. Yep, you, you pop a mushroom in your mouth, you chew it, there's a, a slightly sort of bitter sort of aftertaste to it, but it doesn't cause you any undue problems, and indeed, after a few minutes, you start feeling a little bit better. Hmm. You are now no longer diseased. I shall, uh, yeah, I shall feel a bit perkier, and I shall look over to Malcolm and said, "This, this mushroom seems to have some good healing properties." Nice. Um. So I will come over mm -hmm. and take a white mushroom. Okay, take a white mushroom. The uh, original moss dwarf goes. The blue mushroom would be what you need. Oh. The white mushroom is poisonous for your people. Ah. So I will drop the white mushroom that I took and <laughs> pick a blue one. I'll yep. pick that mushroom up. I'll yeah, pop that's it fine. That. You, you take the blue mushroom, you, you pop it in your mouth, you, there's a slightly sort of like, almost that sort of blue cheesy sort of like taste to it as you eat it. And yeah, after a few moments, you do start feeling a little bit better. You are no longer diseased. Nice. Um... And if I put the ring back on, do I start healing as well? Nope. No. 
Please help yourself, says the dwarf. You've already taken the mushroom off. Thank you very much, Master Dwarf. You are most welcome. Now feeling... I was going to say, now feeling a bit better, I'll turn back to the original one and... Is, is there anything we can do to repay you? He says, well... I believe we are all right for the moment. Um, however, if you... If you could make contact with the rest of our people outside the 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 great tree, that would be splendid. We have we have not seen them for so very long. Which one of the other two dwarfs are like so very long? And the, they all went with the droom, you see. Would your people be um, far to the east through one of these doorways? They are in another place that is not this place. When the Druun left this place, Many of our people went with them. We stayed behind, but it has been so many of us have family and loved ones who went, and it has been so long since we have seen them. I mean, we haven't checked the other doorways around here. They could be... They might not be all linked to the same place. I think the map showed a bigger gate in a different location. Yeah, far to the east. Yeah. Like east of New Zealand. Well, we will certainly try and get word to the rest of your people and uh, see if we can convince one of them to return and speak to you. That would be most kind. At which point the third dwarf, who's not said anything during the entire time you've been in here, goes... You should try one of the mushrooms. Is he talking to anyone in particular? Is is sort of like not changed where he's looking? He's just sort of said it. Yeah. At which point the the sort of second dwarf, the one you pulled all the mushrooms off, is like, "That's the trouble with young people." Always rushing everywhere. It's an old different time delays. 
yeah, it's it's rather like having sort of three digital assistants that are all set to respond with different degrees of speed. And you think back to the goblin, it was like, oh, I've not seen one of them move in three years, and you can like, imagine a conversation between these three must take like months, if not years. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna see if I can. Uh... Ask if I can take any more of these white mushrooms. The not, not the, the original dwarf who spoke says you can, of course, take some of them. Although they lose their potency a short time after being picked. But if it is simple nourishment, they will serve. Well, with that in mind, I'll leave them as they are then. I don't want to take them away. You see the, the mushrooms and the plants are a part of us. And when they are removed, they lose their potency. I understand. Good. It is such a pleasure to talk to visitors. We so rarely get them here. Well, that's uh, certainly a relief with regards to the Outstanding issue. Do we need to talk, to ask him anything else while we're here? Do you think there's anything else we should? Maybe ask mm -hmm. them about the drill, says Malcolm, at 300 miles an hour. <laughs> You're like, oh, is there anything else you do? Maybe we should ask about Edrin! <laughs> he sounds like he's doing the start to a system of a down song. Well, I'll talk. I'll go back to the original dwarf then, because he seems to be the, the youngest or the quickest. Yeah, and you do I'll notice, see. like, the other two, they've got masses of, like, foliage and roots and leaves and fungus and stuff growing off them whereas he's got like a lot and he's got like a big mossy beard especially compared to the previous ones but he's nowhere near like as overgrown as the others like the two others if you couldn't like look and see the like little faces peeping out they'd almost just look like a pile of plants whereas you can actually see he's like a dwarf just with a massive moss beard yeah um uh, is there Anything else you can tell us about the drone that may be helpful for us to find them or anything we need to know? I believe most of them have now left, if not all of them, have now left this place. They wanted to make a place that winter could not reach. And when they had made that place, 
after making this place, they all left, except a few who remained behind, but they would be long gone by now, long gone. And is this is this tree sort of fairly warm and yeah it's pretty temperate yeah yeah so similar to the other it's it's almost like a slightly sort of like moist like damp heat in here it's not quite as pleasant as in the building so there's like plants and like moss and fungus growing everywhere so it's a bit a bit more damp and clammy in here but the actual temperature's not too bad Um, yeah, I mean they've obviously done what we, we needed I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to give us much more information they seem to be quite vague about the drone do you think they are key to trying to sort out the ice age sort of situation then or because it's the centers that actually caused it the the center are the i guess you would call that the the people mm. but then you have different kinds of center the the dwarf you were speaking to says a long time ago the drone and the center were one people and when the Senna decided to bring the great cold the Droon split from them because they disagreed the Senna said they needed to bring the great cold to preserve the greater whole but the Droon believed that the effect on the natural world of which they were most fond would be catastrophic and so they sought to make for themselves a haven to preserve what they could from the oncoming cold Well, they might be able to help us if we find them. They would, at the very least, they would know. Yeah, yeah. They might be able to help us reverse things, or or we might find materials writing something. Yeah, and if this is a space removed from our land, time may not travel at the same speed, and there may be someone who remembers so that's to the east of our New Zealand chef. Yeah, hometown so what do we want to do what's our next plan of action I guess well I, I guess we should probably thank our new friends here with some chatter mm -hmm. very glad to have guests but beyond that, 
Shall we head east? Well, what's the air? I mean, since we're talking about it, what, what do we think about this big creature that's wandering around? Do we want to see what happens with that, or are we going to let that wander? And... My concern with that would be, aside it's from fun. the handful of bows that we have, what on earth are we going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just meant, are we going to even sort of track it or anything? I mean, do we... I mean, we've got that giant bolt thrower thing, but I don't know if that's going to be anything near that's up to the... far away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it goes oh, homeward, yes, yes. I didn't know if... I mean, if, if we wanted to track it, that's one thing. I don't necessarily know that we could do a lot. At the very least, it would be very, very, very dangerous. More dangerous than oh, yeah. an actual siege. And uh, if we can track it to a fortress, that might be a different thing, especially if the fortress is armed uh, with some uh, equipment mm. to address this. But I... Going at this thing with axes and swords seems like a very bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of sort of thinking do we need to try and find out how we would deal with it if it ever came mm. to our place find us some sort of weakness mm. or so that we could set our uh, our brain box onto mm. some sort of invention or something ah, that's entirely something we could do so that would also put us on the road home then. yeah I think we definitely need to rest up for a number of days we do. So I suggest we do head home. Do we want to have rest? our sage? Do we want to rest here, though, or elsewhere? Yeah, I mean it's fairly mm. safe, but it does mean time will pass while we could potentially. Have we still got the wagons? I'm guessing they're outside the house or the building. I mean, we could rest on the wagons. We've got enough potential. We could rest in a warmer house near the pool. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe sort of half and half. We could rest a bit and then set off rather than yeah. waiting a whole week or however long it would take to fully rest. Just so we're not. Spending too much time. Um, so is this our number one priority now? Do we think to try and find these potential allies? I think so. There's a number of things that we could address, but there's only so many of us and we only have so many hands. Yeah, yeah. I think probably uh, in the long term, and I think Malcolm would probably agree for many a reason we seek out the if there's Senna or Drun that we can find or even just whatever things they've left behind it's probably is, our is it worth part. investigating any of the other sites? Is it worth asking the dwarfs if they know of any of the other sites? That's a good shout 
So, if, if we um, do... Yeah, sorry, Mark. I just want to say the Lang... We believe the Lang passed their legends down through their elders. And that they might be a source of information. Mm. I mean, I, I'll ask the dwarf, I think. Um, do you know of any other sites similar to this where the Senna used to live? Or I'm afraid not. I mean, we have got some marked on the map, haven't we, locations-wise, but... My people so very rarely leave the great tree. The world outside moves too quickly for us. Whereas the great tree is constant and unchanging. And most of our truly young folk left with the Druun. I wonder should we speak to the Lang about these creatures? and the Drew and see what they might know before we go through another gate. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna rest up first anyway, aren't we, so? Yeah. Or at least some. Uh... And Lang, where, where were they? They were just... They're on the plateau. Yeah, plateau to the north-east a bit. Like, north-northeast. I'll tell you what, I'll move you on... To, I'll move us all on to the, the main map and I can show you. Because we don't really need the map for the... tree anymore. This guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Is that is that bef that was before my time, was it? Yeah, we haven't met them. We've only heard about them. Yeah, they, they, we they, have they, heard. They've basically heard that there's like a village of these people, the Lang there, and apparently they're like elders. When like one of the elders is about ready to die, he does some sort of ritual that passes on all of his knowledge to like the next elder. So they like mm -hmm. preserve their like legends and everything like that. So they're sort of historians of a sort. Pretty much. Yes. Almost. But, but you're not confirmed that that actual. No, they've they've not actually this sort of. <laughs> they they've not actually sort of travelled there. But I think it might be time. Well, I mean, we could 
Yeah, if everyone's... You guys know more about that than, than Brock, so... You know, he's willing to go that way on the way back, if that's, if that's the plan. Okay. Yeah. And I think as you guys, you spend the rest of the day engaged in conversation with these moss dwarfs, as thanks for it, which is probably about an hour's worth of conversation stretched out into the rest of the day due mm -hmm. to the ponderous speed they seem to move at. You gain a little bit of extra information about these moss dwarfs just from like talking to the others and moving around. You manage to ascertain that they seem to live about 200 years in average as they get older they seem to like develop these like plant life growths mushrooms stuff like almost like a sort of symbiotic sort of thing and as they start getting really old they start getting like slower and slower almost like becoming more plant-like so they sort of operate on a similar scale to like plants and trees and stuff like that whereas like the really younger sort of moss dwarves operate more on sort of like a standard like human sort of younger race scale And, but they seem they seem genuinely quite friendly. They seem quite happy to have seen people. There seems to be a weird sort of odd relationship going on between the moss dwarves and like the goblins in this tree, where the moss dwarves are sort of like the stern like father figures, but, and they're always like telling them off and like scolding them for like getting into mischief. But in a sort of like good natured way, they're like they don't really mind it too much because obviously the goblins get a lot of stuff done because they move rapid. So the dwarves are like, yeah, we sort of need them to like get stuff done quickly, but sometimes they're they're a bit larry and they cause a bit of like a bit of havoc. But you know, it is what it is. It's their nature. You know, we we shouldn't really judge them for it. It's fine. And occasionally we have to tell them off a little bit, of wag our finger at them, but that's fine. So like I said, again, like a, almost like a weird sort of symbiotic relationship between these like goblins and these moss dwarves. And I think we we close out the sort of credits rolling as a long ponderous conversation finishes with the moss dwarves. You guys leave this great tree, sort of planning your next step, potentially heading east towards Leng. Who knows? We'll find out next time. Thank you very much for playing, guys. I hope you all enjoyed the session. Yeah, and, and I hope my moss dwarf impression wasn't too slow for you. No. So I was, I was talking between I want them to be slow and ponderous, but I don't want you guys to be sat there for half an hour while I'm like saying yep. a sentence. But um, obviously, we'll sort out XP and stuff in a moment. But it just remains for me to thank my wonderful players. Very much enjoyed running the session for you. Thanks to anyone who's watching this now or in the future. Hopefully, we'll catch you next time. Take it easy.